Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with your host, Big Ken, a retired teacher bringing you lessons each week he's learned in the hobby by taking you behind the table and inside the mind of a dealer and a collector. Sit back and relax. There won't be a test. The only thing being graded here is the cards. Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Big Ken. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on a streaming service, please like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. You'll be notified whenever I drop any new content. Welcome, and thanks for being here. Wow, what a great week. Uh, I dropped a great collaboration episode with my guy, Rob, sports card therapist. Uh, dropped that on Tuesday, uh, and and... I got great feedback from it. And like I said, I think, uh, I think that was probably our best collaboration to date. Uh, I was really excited about that one. Uh, Wednesday, I traveled down to North Carolina, uh, to visit my daughter, my son-in-law, and most importantly, my granddaughters. Um, so I got down there Wednesday, uh, Thursday morning, I got up and I ran over to, uh, I, I shouldn't say I just got up because uh, they opened at 11. But Thursday morning, I went over to Cardiac Cards in Apex. Uh, I took uh, my wife and my son-in-law over there. We dropped the uh, granddaughters off at school, and we went over. Uh, I saw my guy, Sam, uh, one of the owners over there. Um, it's amazing. I mean, for him, in this hobby, you talk to so many people with so many things going on. Uh, and lately, you know, more negative stories than positive stories about the hobby uh, in general, you know, just where it's at. But for him, business is booming. Uh, and I can see why. Because no matter when I go, there's always great foot tra traffic in that store. And I talked about this a number of times about going to this store every time I go down there. Uh, it doesn't matter what day I show up there. There's always a bunch of people in there. Um, Thursday, when they opened at 11 on Thursday, uh, we, we, we got there at 1115 and there was probably 10 or 12 people in that store shopping. Um, and it's, you know, it's, why is this store so, so successful? It's his allocations. And I've talked about this on a few episodes. Uh, and, and he always mentions this. He's like, there's no way we could be in business without our allocations. Um, and everything, the allocations, everything in that store, if there is any wax that you wanted to rip, it's in that store. All sports, TCG, pop culture, um, this the, the, their store is one-stop shopping for any wax you're looking for. Uh, and they just opened a second location in uh, Kannapolis in North Carolina. Uh, and, and, you know, exactly, according to Sam, exactly two hours and six minutes door to door, uh, right? Because it's all he's doing is driving back and forth there. Um, but again, great store. I love going there and I always pick up some wax to rip when I'm down there. This particular time I bought some women's soccer cards uh, that I wanted to open up with the granddaughters, um, which was really kind of cool. Uh, opened up a whole bunch of you know, a big box of, uh, you know, the Panini, uh, women's, um, world cup, the world cup, uh, 
women's soccer cards. So I opened them up. We got all the base cards out, put them all aside. And then they started, they started matching them up. We played a memory game with just these cards, you know, with, with the base duplicates. We we're playing a memory game. So it's just kind of cool. Um, I talked about, I was going to go to a show on Saturday down there at the fairgrounds in Raleigh. Uh, and unfortunately, this weekend was just toys and comics. And next weekend was the cards. Um, I drove over there. I got up early Saturday. I drove over there. I was all excited. I brought some cards with me. Uh, had my Zion case. Uh, I got over there and I started talking to a guy outside. He's like, the show is in this building, but says next weekend is the cards this weekend is just toys and comics so i never actually even went in there was no no sense for me to go in pay an admission to go in um for toys and comics so uh headed back and you know that was a bust but that's okay i tried right i was i i'd been looking kind of looking forward to that all week but i'm glad i was able to you know go over to cardiac cards and still do some hobbying while i was down there uh, flew home Saturday night uh, in time to watch the NWSL championship game between uh, O.L. Reign and New York, New Jersey, Gotham. Um, not going to talk about that, but I just want to say, you know, the game was very exciting and I was really pumped to see it was on CBS Saturday night primetime. It's always great. You start seeing a sport if they're putting it primetime, even if it's just the championship. Uh, I know all the other games I was always looking, you know, oh, was this one on, you know, usually during the season, you have to watch the games on Paramount and then the playoffs came and it was on CBS sports uh, network. And then the championship game came and it was on a Saturday night prime time. So I, I just thought that was awesome uh, to see that. And hopefully next year there'll be more, you know, games uh, in the in WSL in prime time, you know, kind of maybe, start building some viewership for that. Uh, it was a great end. Like I said, the game was exciting. It was a great end to a great season. And I am already looking forward to next season. Uh, so Sunday morning, uh, I got up. I was able to go to the Mount Kisco show uh, down in Mount Kisco, New York. Uh, I love this show. Um, one of my favorite local shows to go to Um because I always make great deals there. And and truth be told, I usually make great deals with the same guy all the time. My guy Frank down there. And I've talked about him on previous episodes. I love going to that show. Uh, there's two guys I make I make deals with. Uh, it is Hank and, and Fra Hank and Frank. And uh, Hank wasn't there this uh, today or Sunday. Uh, but Frank was there. Uh, so when I got there and I saw him there, I was excited because there's a lot of shows going on. I mean, these this weekend, next week and next weekend, there's a lot of shows going on. But it just seems with these weekends in November are very busy, like shows everywhere. Uh, I know a portion of the Wolfpack. They did uh, Laz's show in uh, New Jersey, in Sea Caucus on Saturday. And I know there was a lot of people down there for that show. So sometimes you don't know, you know, maybe too much people would be like, oh, look, I'm going to do one show. I'm not going to do the other show. So when I showed up, I saw Frank there. I was like, I was excited. I'm like, uh, I'm excited to, you know, go see him and, you know, put it, put a deal together like we usually do. Um, this is a small show. Um, 
And it's usually a good variety of ultra modern and vintage uh, of, of all different sports. Um, but I noticed today, uh, mostly everyone had lower end slabs, uh, with a handful of, you know, some dealers with some mid end stuff, but there was not, no real big cards there. And, you know, I always, we do this, right. We're looking for things and we go in and like, I, I, I talked about on, on, um, Last week's episode uh, with sports card therapist, we talked. We were talking about uh, some some Tom Brady cards, some Michael Jordan cards. You know, some some goats and and maybe maybe some low pop things. Uh, try to make a little bit of an investment in for the PC. So going in there in my mind, I mean, I know things I'd like to buy to put in my case at shows, and I and I know I, I'll be set up next weekend. So that's certainly on my mind. But also looking for again, just cards I can buy now that are down, and you know, just put in my PC. Um, and I didn't see really any at this show. Frank had a couple. Um, Michael Jordan rookies. Uh, one actually he sold as I walked up to the table. He was making a deal with a guy who who left and said, oh, look, I'm going to go get some cash and I'll be back to buy it. Uh, and the other one was a little bit of higher grade than I was willing to jump into at this point. And and I don't know if if a, if a Jordan rookie is really, you know, on, on my list of cards to go out and get. Uh, I mean, it may be, it may be, you know, one that comes across, you know, my, my, my table at a show that the price is right. And I say, you know what, I'll take a chance and grab that, but it's not one that I'm going to be going out and going to shows to say, this is what I'm really looking for. There's, there's a number of other cards that would be on my list, uh, before I, I would purchase that one. Um, so Frank had, you know, he, Frank selling mostly, you know, mid and ultra modern QBs, some basketball, but the, the, the ultra modern QBs really, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to say this and then I'm going to go back and say, I went against what I just said. Right. So going out to these shows, the, uh, the, the Justin Herbert and the Hertz and the Tua's, uh, you know, just cards like these, they're not, it's not the cards I'm looking to get right now. The Burrows, I'm not, I'm just not looking to jump into the, because the, the market is very volatile on them. They're, they're all of a sudden not playing well, their cards go down, right? So from week to week, those comps could be jumping up and down and up and down. And it's not something, especially right now, the way the market is that it's a little, it's volatile right now that, that I don't want to be jumping into, you know, the ultra modern stuff and, and say, I'm buying it at this saying, Oh, I can move that next week. And then who knows the, the guy doesn't play about well this weekend or they get, they lose. And then next thing, you know, the comp is down for next week. So it's, you know, a little bit different you know, what the way the market is now, what I'm looking for, what I'm looking to put in the case. And I've talked about for my case next week, I've got a huge amount of hockey that I want to put in there that I've done very well. I bought this, I bought this hockey, uh, for the right price, uh, where the comps are now. So I'm looking forward, uh, to moving a good amount of hockey, uh, over the next few weeks. Um, so at the end of the day was the first time I went to the Mount Kisco show and did not make a deal 
with Frank, although we talked for a long time and it was, you know, great to hang out, great conversation with him. And also I want to just throw a quick shout out uh, on IG to at Homer sports cards. Uh, I met him at, at the show, met him at Frank's table. Uh, and we've talked uh, on, on Instagram a lot. It was the first time I got to meet him. So I just want to give him a quick shout out too. Um, but we were both surprised we didn't get a deal done, but I mean, even, he even went through my cars too, said, wow, I like this one. I like that one. Um, but as we started looking at the, at the prices and, and, and then, then a possible trade, um, like I said, the Jordan was a little bit higher than, than what, what I was looking to trade into right now. And the other cards, I just wasn't, I'm just not looking to get into any of that, that football right now. I just think it's a little, it's just too volatile right now for on some of these players uh, to jump into it. So I was just kind of staying, staying away from those. Um, I did, however, get a deal done with another dealer who had a variety of Mahomes cards, uh, Mahomes rookie cards. Uh, and I was able to make a deal for three, three of the cards, three rookie cards. And I, uh, before I talk about the deal, I'm just going to hold them up. I'll show you what they are if you, and I'll describe them. If you're on, you know, YouTube, you'll see them. If not, you'll, you'll, you know what they are. You've, you've seen these before. Uh, first is the, uh, 2017, the Don Russ, just the rated rookie PSA nine. Hold that one up. Uh, the next one is, and this one you may not have seen. Um, I think it's one of the first times I've seen this particular card, but I know there's a ton of them just like it out there. Uh, the 2017 uh, Panini Prism Premier Jersey, uh, the patch PSA 9. Uh, hold that one up. Nice red patch. And the last one, Classic. 2017 Panini Donruss Optic, the uh, red-yellow, and this is a PSA 10. Uh, and again, two of these cards, very classic, the rated rookie and the red-yellow. Uh, and you're saying to yourself, come on, Big Ken, you just said you weren't buying any ultra-modern quarterbacks, right? So... Uh, you know, I'm a Chiefs fan, so I'm a little bit partial to, to Patrick Mahomes. But I feel that the people that are in football right now, that, you know, are selling football right now. And, you know, whenever I, in you know, recently I've gone to shows or anywhere and, you know, I see a lot of dealers asking or trying to buy Mahomes um, because, I think they feel of all the quarterbacks, and I think I, I feel this way too. Of all, even though his prices are 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 above all the other quarterbacks, I just think he keeps proving himself over and over. And I don't see a big drop on his cards. And I think what happens when the market drops a little bit, uh, people want to try to buy them, you know, you know, because they know at some point those Mahomes are going to jump back up. And that happened last year with me when I was buying 
buying those cards in January, February, March, right? By the time we got back to, to the summer, getting ready for the national, boom, these prices were way up again. I was very excited on them. So I don't mind that. And I think my biggest margins on cards all came from my Mahomes cards. So I don't mind owning them. And at the end of the day, I'm a Chiefs fan, right? So if they don't sell, you know, I have two cards that I bought last year right for the national i have that uh the uh the lime green lime green optic the psa 9 and i have the select xrc bgs 95 right so i have those two cards that i bought last year they didn't sell but i was just happy to keep them right i'm happy to i keep them in my case i talk about having you know a little you know a little eye candy for my case at the shows. Uh, I like the cards and I don't mind keeping them. And I, I would feel similar to these cards right here, which I know they'll move the right at the right price. These cards are going to move. Uh, and, and I think they probably will move uh, in the next, in my next couple shows. They should probably move as long as he's doing well and the chiefs are doing well. And they could quite possibly make it back to the super bowl again this year or even win it. So I don't mind having these cards right here. So one of the things I talked about uh, a few weeks ago when I was going to the Shriner show was what, what am I looking to do? Just trying to make like a package deal. Like I, like I, I love the idea of being able to, you know, put a package together because it's, it, is always a deal, right? I mean, if you start putting a package and put multiple cards together, the more cards you put in there, the better deal you can get. So on this one, all of a sudden I walk up and it's been a while since I've looked in someone's case and say, oh, okay, you've got some cards here to choose from. So, you know, let's, let me look at a few of these cards. Let me start feeling out the deal or what the prices are on them and things like that. Uh, and I'm always, like I, I say I'm always, when it's possible, I'm always trying to create a package um, of three or more cards to buy. Um, and I'll just kind of tell you why and what my thought is on that. And I mean, it's not new. It's not rocket science. But, you know, I, on, on these particular cards, the mo most expensive one, obviously, is the red, yellow PSA 10. So I said to the dealer, I said, isn't great card? You know, what's the best you can do on this? I think he had it about 1800 or 1850. He had a price on it. Um, and he looked at the card and, and he looked up the comps on it. And he knows I already looked up the comps on it. And he said, 1650, uh, I can't go any lower on that. That's, you know, that would be my, my best price on that. And I said, okay. Started looking through and he had a few other cards in there and I just started calculating, you know, okay, what's this card? What's that card? So I pull these two more cards out. Um, we comped them out or I comped them out. And I said, look, we put these three together. Where could you be? And he gave me a price. And then I came back and said, here's my reasoning. This is what I would like to pay for him. We went back and forth. And what happens is if you select one card off of somebody and I'm the same way, I'm, I'm a deal. If you select one card off me and you want to get, you know, try to get it on the cheap, I'm basically just going to say no. So if, if this card, he said 1650, I can't go any lower. If I said, 
well, can you do 1,500? I mean, he would just look at me like, did you not hear what I just said? You know, and probably be a little bit annoyed with me. Like I would be with somebody else. But then all of a sudden he starts saying, well, now we're putting some more cards in here. Um, and he says, ah, you know, I could do this. I could do. So at the end of the day, when we put a deal together, if I pull enough cards out of his case, I know because I'm in this situation on that side of the table a number of times, sooner or later, you're going to get to a card that I have a lot of room on. And then I say, look, now we're talking about three cards in my mind. I really should give this guy a deal, right? Because now he's, I'm at a show. I probably haven't sold anything all day and he's close. I mean, he's not in here asking for 50% or 60% comps. You know, we're getting closer and closer at a price. So at the end of the day, I, I end up getting this card, right? In my calculations, you know, for closer to 1500, which is $150 less than I can't go any lower on that card. Right. But how does that happen? Because we added a few more cards in and somewhere along the line on the probably both of these other two cards that on the comps, he probably was into them pretty good that he was able to let them go, you know, at a at a cheaper or, or you know, below comps. But at the end of the day, he's getting cash put in his hand. So he's OK to say, all right. I can, if you're going to take all three, this is what I can do. We negotiated a little bit on the price, but it, you know, it, it worked out that, I mean, I've got all three of these cards. I picked them up at a very good price at a great price that I can put prices on these and put them in my case next week and sell them under comps and still make money on them. So to me, that's the perfect scenario. Right. When I go to a show, if I'm able to find something like that, it's the perfect scenario, especially on cards that would be somewhat, somewhat liquid. Right. Uh, and I think Mahomes cards right now are probably somewhat liquid at the right price, at the right price. So it starts with me negotiating this great deal that I can take these cards, I can put my margins on them and then go to the next show and still give them to somebody at a decent price where they're going to buy the cards and say, Hey, go to their friend. Hey, look, I just look at the current comp, but this is what I picked this card up. So everybody's happy, right? I don't know if he's happy. I mean, I know he was happy to take the money and he may regret it after I left or when he, when I drove home, or he may say, say to himself, you know what? That was a good deal for me. Uh, I, I ended up, you know, getting, making some money on this card and that card, or maybe breaking even on this card. But if we're all happy at the end of the day, that's that, you know, that's really, really what counts, right? So these are the deals that I love to do. And I haven't been able to do many of these deals lately because I've been going and seeing people having tons of these lower end stuff in their case, $60, $70, $80 slabs in their case. I don't want to be that guy that's got, you know, a hundred of these, you know, have to sell a hundred of these, these low end slabs, you know, just to, to start making money. But I don't want to be that guy that's got these, you know, three, four, five, eight, ten thousand dollar cards either that you wait for that one sale to make up for the last three months of of what you've been doing. So I just want to be that guy in the middle. You know, I want to be able to go, you know, and sell, you know, six, eight, ten cards, you know, 
make what I'm going to make for the day and just be happy. I may be able to spend the day in the hobby and, and it paid for itself and probably bought another card or two that I could put in my PC, just a sustainable hobby for me. Um, but the more cards you add on a deal, the better chance you're going to find a dealer that's got room on a card or he's into a card and he can make a better deal. Um, and let's face it. I mean, all the comps are down right now on everything. So I think people are okay saying, all right, maybe on that one card, I don't want to get beat up that, that badly, but Hey, if you're going to take these three, I'm happy to take your cash and put it in my pocket and go home with something to show for the day. Um, I thoroughly believe that because sometimes I do that. Sometimes I'm that guy on that side of the table that does that. And I don't go home saying, oh my God, I shouldn't have sold that because I, I, I've been here before and, I, and I've been doing this for so long now that, that I know when I'm negotiating with somebody that if I agree to a certain price or to that, I know that I'm going to regret doing it. So at this point, I, there's no, like, I'll say, look, this is, I understand. And, and maybe you're right, but look, this is the best I can do. And you know, bottom line, that's where I'm at. And then I live with myself with that, with that decision. I can live with myself. I'm not going to go home saying, Oh man, I should have never let that go or whatever. I'm happy about that. Uh, it's funny that I had a few conversations with dealers who immediately were reminiscing about better days at shows, <laughs> you know? So I probably talked to five or six dealers, you know, like, like conversation, Gavin, not just like, Hey, how you doing? But, you know, just started talking about a card or this or that, and just immediately reminiscing about uh, better days at shows uh, that, you know, cards that they, they bought for, you know, a hundred dollars and then graded and it came back at 10 and it was worth $2,000. And, you know, and then the other people talking about, you know, cards that they invested a ton of money in and just took a bath on them, you know, like a Zach Wilson or a Trey Lance or a Mac Jones, you know, and, and I almost felt like they were wearing these stories, like, like badges of honor, right. To say like, I've been in the trenches and I've been down there and I've done this because we've all done that. Right. Um, but what I figured out of all these people I was, I've been talking to and I say to them, you know, how long you've been setting up or when did you jump back in the hobby? And all these guys are guys who jumped into the hobby within the last few years. Uh, and it almost seems like they're on their way out feeling defeated, now that the market is down, like they're at the show, they're putting the work in, they've showed up. And I, and I think, you know, on the way to the show and getting ready the night before to the show that they're getting all their stuff together, thinking, yeah, tomorrow's going to be the day I'm going to sell all this stuff. I'm going to, these are going to be great days and people are going to show up bags of cash and everything's going to sell. And I think they get to the show and, you know, by the time I get there at 11 o'clock or 1130 and the show opens at nine, you know, and it's not that busy and they're slumped in the chair and they're like, how you doing? And I'm like, oh, you know, it's like if there's something in this case, I know I could make a deal. Just, you know, I, I just by looking, looking at this scenario right here, I bet you I could pull some cash out and make a deal. So I think they're feeling a little defeated now that now that the market is down. Um, 
you know, nothing stays good forever, right? I mean, nothing, the, the good, the, you got to take the bad with the good. It's, it's never going to be all good all the time. And it's never going to be all bad all the time either. Um, but I find too, uh, with some of these guys, they're the same guys who refuse to sell their cards at a loss when the comps are down and not getting creative, you know, to be able to sustain themselves in a volatile market. Um, just having the cards in the case, I don't think is good enough anymore. Uh, I think for a little while it was just having the right card, put it in the case and, you know, people will come up, come by and hopefully the cards will sell themselves. But I think there's a lot more to it now. I think you need to be a little bit more creative, uh, when you're buying, you need to be a little bit more creative when you're selling. And I think you need to be really personable. You need to be able to have conversations with people and, and, you know, get people to trust you a little too, because this, you know, in this, in this market, you know, it, we all know it's hard to, it's hard to trust people. So we, you know, we talk about our wolf pack all the time, having the people around you that, you know, you can trust that you can reach out to, that you can rely on and can help you through, you know, no matter what, what you've got going on and other people out there and, you know, that's probably one of the best things I think about this hobby. And I've talked about this countless times, just being the people in it and the people around that, you know, we're all out there helping each other and pick each other up if we're down type of thing. And uh, I think that's, that's a lot more important than a lot of other things going on out there today. Uh, no one is perfect. Right. As a dealer, as a collector, we all take a hit on cards, you know, especially for prospecting. I did. I bet you everybody, everyone of you out there listening, we all took hit, hits on cards, you know, but what what we learn, what we learn from it and how we rebound determines our longevity in the hobby. And at the end of the day, it's a hobby, right? It should be fun. It shouldn't be. uh it, it shouldn't be a lot of work. I mean, I know the hobby is a little bit of work, but it's that fun kind of work, right? It should be fun what we're doing. It, you know, and I think about this here. I am, I get, I'm getting ready to go, you know, when, when I was getting ready to go down to North Carolina, I'm planning it out, right? I'm going to hit, I'm going to hit the, the local card store and I'm going to try to hit a, hit a show down there. And then when I come back, the next day, I'm going to hop in the car after I fly in the night before. I'm going to hop hop in the car and drive an hour down to New York and go hit a show. These are, these things are fun to me. You know, getting ready to do this podcast. These things are fun to me because if they weren't fun, I wouldn't be doing them. Right. So I think when we look at people in the hobby and we talk to people in the hobby, um, I think sometimes we just need to remind people this, this stuff should be fun. We should be having a good time doing this, regardless of what we're doing in the hobby. It, we should be having a good time doing it. That's all I have for today. Uh, I will be back Thursday with a brand new episode. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. And if you like what you hear, please like, definitely subscribe. And most importantly, tell a friend and spread the word. And until next time, take care of yourselves and everyone around you.